Hey everyone, welcome to Heady Girl Pod, a podcast where sharing what I wish I knew earlier helps us get out of our heads, take up space, and breathe just a little bit easier. I'm your host, Jennifer, and that's what all ease. And in this episode, we're talking about words for first gen kin. To do that, I had a get out of our heads conversation with my friend Rosalind host of Americanized Podcasts. Listen to what we had to say. Okay, before we introduce you, I just want to share with the folks that um, when I started, when I decided, actually, when I decided I was going to do a podcast before I even started, I knew that eventually I was going to want to share the microphone with somebody else on some of the episodes. And you were the first person to come to mind (laughs) And not only because you're always so encouraging of my ideas and always like, yeah, you could do it. So thank you for that. But also because you have your own podcast and you invited me to be a guest on yours. And so I am so honored that you accepted my invitation. So thank you. Thank you. Um, With that, I'll let you introduce yourself and share what your podcast is about. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited that this is a thing. I know it's been an idea of yours for a while, so appreciate you um, thinking of me and having me oh. on your show. Thank you. So, of course, um, my name is Rosalyn. A lot of people know me as Rosie, and I host the podcast called Americanized. That's A-M-E-R-I-K-I-N-I-Z-E-D. And I want to emphasize the spelling because I have the word kin in there to um, emphasize the folks who are first and second generation Americans and sharing their stories and experiences because what I've been finding in my um, past conversations and just reflecting on my identity is that there is a group of us who have these shared experiences that we don't get to talk about often or it's not really seen in the media or um, in like conversations unless you're with other people who have those same similar experience that you can relate with Mm -hmm. so i kind of have the space for this family this kin to share those experiences and kind of relate to each other in those ways and it's been a fun time um hearing different stories and relating to people from completely different cultures who have a similar story or similar experiences as my own anything interesting that you learned since starting the podcast and listening to everybody's different, but maybe also similar stories? A lot of it is what I notice is the theme of just reflecting mm. back on childhood and seeing how isolated and alone a lot of people felt. Mm. And the piece that I love is like, now we can talk about it, look back, talk about it, saying like, oh, I wish I knew you then. Because you were going through the same thing that I was going through. Yeah. A lot of people I've talked to like, grew up in the suburbs, so they were the minority. Not only were they the minority um, like physically, but also with their status of being a first-generation American. So even though there are like, probably a handful of Black people in their school, some of them might not be first-generation or second-generation, so that's even a different experience within the Black community. Right, right. That's the thing I thought of. And then it's interesting. That's what you said too, right? Like where you grew up in the suburbs. So 
I know that when I was on your podcast, I think it was episode four. So if people are looking for that, um, so thanks, thanks for that. Um, I know I talked about pride and resentment and that's something I had wish I had realized earlier about being first gen, right? Like for me, it was about the idea that you can, one of my favorite words is duality now, right? You can have this both at the same time be be very proud that your family has been able to accomplish so much right is really a testament to your family coming here not knowing the language not knowing the work not knowing the land and still being able to provide right and having that that proud feeling um to be connected to that but also maybe sometimes a lot of times most times um have resentment right like resentment towards your towards your people, your your caregivers, the people who are supposed to be kind of teaching you the way, but it's really hard for them to teach you the way when they've never lived in this space before. So you're also figuring it out on your own while you're also helping them. So that's always something I know that I wish I had known earlier. So that's what this podcast is about. It's about what we wish we knew earlier. The question I have for you is what is something that you wish you knew earlier about being first generation? That is such a big question. What I wish I knew earlier as a first generation American is that no is an answer. Mm. And I say that because I feel like had I known that before, I think, um, I wouldn't have struggled so much with setting boundaries later on in life and keeping them. Yeah. Had I like grown up in an environment where that's, that's an okay answer to have. Wow. That's actually really powerful. Yeah. It's so strong because it really translates and like seeps into other parts of life as you grow up. And then I feel like, um, Growing up, that's something I wish I knew earlier was like, no was an answer, no was an okay answer, and it's an acceptable answer, and it's not a wrong answer, mm -hmm. because I think having African parents, so a little bit of my background is my parents immigrated to America about like 20, over 20 years ago from Ivory Coast in West Africa, and in African culture, and I'm sure a lot of other cultures, like obedience is huge. Mm -hmm. Also having a Christian background, like I think they took it to the extreme, but like obedience. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way around it. There's no but, there's no maybe, there's no, there's no no. Right. So that's how I grew up was always like doing, 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 so much so that I just got used to that as being like my role and identity in my family and in different friendships and relationships. To the point where, like, no was not even a part of my vocabulary. Right. And if it was, it didn't feel comfortable to say. Like, I felt, even though I was, like, doing it for myself, saying no for myself, I felt like I was hurting the other person, even though it was an appropriate answer or the right answer at the time to use yeah. the word no. Wow, that's actually, I'm, like, thinking about all the times that I was afraid to say no and that's so true and it was more tied to the culture expectation of me as a kid versus you know whether I was being rude or mean or whatever it was like no like I'm just not allowed to say no yeah it's like the weirdest 
thing because I feel like now and like in previous years there has been a push where I think everyone is like yeah saying no is okay Mm -hmm. that's even like a stronger like acceptance when you come from a background of no is not okay right yeah I feel like I feel like that's a whole episode by itself just like the power or the not even just the power but the allowance of giving yourself no as a response Mm-hmm. It definitely that could be a whole other episode for right? sure. And I and I just really appreciate you bringing it up during a conversation of first generation because I think I have thought about boundaries before, um, mm-hmm. but now that you've kind of made the connection, I'm like, oh wow, like yeah, that is influenced um, by the cultures that we're in and what's expected of us as 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 kids. exactly but so that word expectation is so key here too yeah it's like you know you just you're just not left with any options and I think that kind of led into my people-pleasing tendencies where Mm -hmm. I was just kind of conditioned to and I feel like I I don't know if I was already naturally like a helper or if that kind of fostered me into being like someone who was just always going to help someone right that would be my ultimate answers no is an answer yeah and take it with you take it wherever you need to go take it to your family take it to family functions take it to work take it Mm -hmm. to school (laughs) take it with your friends take that no with you wherever you need it to be yeah that's a good point that reminds me of like one of my latest interactions with my boss where she asked something of me like to work so I work in a school and working summer is an option mm. and I do have summer plans like in my head <laughs> like okay, I'm gonna do this I'm gonna go this place I'm gonna visit this person and so she asked me uh, in a way where I felt like again the way my mom would ask me to do something and the answer is already yes yeah so I think she <laughs> she had the expectation that I was gonna say yes anyway but I did have an option there because I'm not tied to working the summer. Right. So she asked me hesitantly. I was like, yes. But in my head, clearly I was like still thinking about, am I going to? Is it possible? Right. Do I want to? So are you going to? Now I'm like on my edge of my seat. I'm like, are you are you working the summer? <laughs> So I I told her yes in the moment, and then it was in front of my other coworkers. Yeah, and they're like, "Yeah, that was a really awkward interaction." Like, <laughs> she kind of put you in the position where you had to say yes. I was like, "I know, I should have really." What I really should have said was, "Let me think about it and let me get back to you." Mm. Mm-hmm. But I guess I was, I'm so used to like, you know, doing, yeah. being available, so it translates in work, even to the point where my coworkers. Um, they're like, yeah, Rosalind, you're so chill. You're almost like too chill. You just go with the flow. But that's something that I'm growing out of and learning to do more because it's appropriate and other people do it without any problems. And why shouldn't I? I'm just allowing myself that option. Right, right. And who would have thought first gen and culture played such a big part in in all of that? Yeah, in everything. It's really... Really eye-opening for sure. 
Awesome. Well, I want to thank you so much for hanging out with me today. If folks are interested and please be interested, um, please go find Roslyn on Americanized on Rosie. What's your streaming platforms that you're on? Um, pretty much everywhere. Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify, I think Google Podcasts. Awesome. I'm going to put that in the notes, but if you want to hear me on Americanize, that's episode four. Um, and thanks again so much, Rosie. I appreciate you being here and keep telling our stories because not only do people need to share it, but I think it's really important for us to kind of, like you said, like this reflection and looking back on how our experiences as first gen and second gen have really um, shaped who we are and who we continue to be. Thank you. Yeah, it's so fascinating, the stories I hear and like the wows, because I'm like, wow, yes to that, yes to that, to that. I (laughs) understand, I get you. (laughs) Yeah. My people, I found my people. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. It's a community that I'm finding and interacting with. It's really cool. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you. So yeah, that's what we wish we knew earlier. And hopefully, now you know it sooner. Well, that's it for our episode today. Thanks so much for listening in. Be sure to follow, and if you haven't already, find me on Instagram at HeidiGirlPod to say hi, send in a question, or share something you wish you knew earlier. Until next time, I hope you find many moments to breathe deep and take up space. Bye!